you're listening to the Unapologetically Alive podcast, episode number seven. Today, we are going to be keeping it real as my special guest and I talk about food, travel, and what we've learned from living through loss and how that has shaped our outlook on life. My guest is my beautiful friend and passionate influencer, Corey Marshall, also known as Miss Foodie Problems on Instagram. In 2015, Corey decided to combine her lifelong love of food with her passion for travel by meshing her personal style and perspective in the food blogger industry. Today, she is sharing her experiences and the struggles along the way of successfully building a brand that resonates with thousands of millennials, food lovers, and wanderlusters around the globe. I personally love keeping an eye out for Corey's posts because they are so authentic, beautiful, and honest as she does what she does best, eat and inspire. Are you ready for this? Sit back, relax, pour yourself another cup of coffee or wine. It's time to meet the dynamic, heart-centered influencer behind Miss Foodie Problems, Corey Marshall. You're listening to the Unapologetically Alive podcast. Lifestyle empowerment coach Tonya Noland will help you discover how you can start living more boldly, authentically, and without regrets by building a lifestyle based around your passions and purpose. It's time to define what success means to you, push fear aside, and celebrate who you really are by being unapologetically you. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for coming on to the Unapologetically Alive podcast today. I am so happy you are here. You're going to bring a great perspective for a lot of listeners. Your story is super inspiring. So I'm excited for people to meet and share what goes into Miss Foodie Problems, how you got where you are, and a lot of your more authentic takes and views on life. So welcome again to the podcast. Of course. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. Of course. First things first, what are you sipping on today? Everybody is always encouraged to sip on a beverage of their choice. And since it's 11 (laughs) a.m., wanted to see what you're sipping on. I am currently on a cleanse, so I made myself a hibiscus tea mocktail with sparkling water and honey. That sounds delicious. I actually, I get up every morning, I make myself a coffee, and my boyfriend is from Italy, and he's Amazoned me one of the mocha coffee makers. Do you know what those are? They're kind of like a percolator. No, I haven't seen that yet. It's so good. And it's made with espresso. So it's super strong. I love my coffee super strong. And I make myself a smoothie every morning. So I have both of those next to me right now. And I also put some, I do the social media for an adaptogenic medicinal mushroom brand. So I put some of that in my coffee usually every morning. So they have different ones to use. So that's where I'm at. What is the I'm just curious what the mushroom does? Like, do you feel any type of effect from it? Like any type of more alertness clarity? Yeah, so there's one that's called focus. It's a lion's mane one. And I actually do find myself not being super all over the place when I when I have some of it. And then I've been using one that's for immunity as well, just to get all those antioxidants and I felt like a like a little bit of a cold coming on. So trying to catch that before it actually comes. So <laughs> get ahead of that as much as you can. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that sounds super tasty. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So I want to dive in. I want to share a little, I want you to share a little bit about what makes you, you. If you had to choose three adjectives, describe yourself, what you do, how you choose to live your life, what would you choose and why? 
I would start out with very, I don't want to use emotional because that's can be kind of like a negative connotation to it. I would say maybe empathic. I've always been very in tune with my emotions and I feel for people. I feel for myself a lot. I cry a lot. <laughs> really good at expressing that stuff, which is great because I've found that I with everything I've been through in my life, it's better to be able to express that stuff and let it out. So that's one of them. Totally. Yes. I would say creative. I've always loved drawing, sewing, just always loved making things. Now with my career path, I'm able to do that in a different form, which I'm sure we'll get into. These are obviously just coming to mind and these wouldn't necessarily be the ones that I would pick every single day. But the next one that came to mind is I would say ambitious. I think that's one that I am more so owning in the last little bit of time, last few months. I'm actually realizing like how much I have accomplished and I didn't really necessarily do that thinking of myself as an ambitious person, but looking back, I realize that I am. Totally. I mean, just what you've, from my point of view, accomplished in just the past three to five years is is astounding. You're traveling, you're getting invited to eat at different restaurants and feature different types of brands on your social media. So I mean, at least what I tell my clients is to celebrate the journey along the way, but don't also forget to celebrate once you've accomplished something. So I love that you're really feeling into that and doing that for yourself finally after all these years of building that brand, building that lifestyle. It's so inspiring from the outsiders looking in to see it. I'm glad you're seeing it for yourself. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you're in the thick of it and like, you know, you don't really stop to to think until you have gotten to a, a point where you feel almost like, more comfortable and less stressed. So I guess I've gotten to that place, which is nice. <laughs> awesome. What are some of the reasons you feel like you got to where you are today? I feel like ambition just kind of plays right into that. And what changes or lifestyle struggles shaped you into who you have become to get to this place where you feel like you can celebrate? Yeah, I would say that I've been through a lot in my life. And my parents are one of my biggest supporters. And my dad was like, every single day was encouraging me to follow my dreams and like, wrote me little notes in my lunchbox that he packed every day. And I'm looking at some of them that are on the wall right now. And one of them says, dream big, dream bigger. And that was always instilled in my mind as a kid. So I knew that I had to create these dreams and make them a reality from day one. And from there, I, my brother was born with cerebral palsy. So for 13 years, my dad was taking care of him as my mom was at work, watching both of them bring us up as well as they could and making sure that we were all happy and how difficult that is as a family. And my dad quit his job to be able to take care of my brother who couldn't walk or talk. And that was like when he was born, I was seven years old and my life changed completely. I had to learn a lot of lessons very quickly as a kid. But I think that is one of the biggest things and reasons that I am the way I am today. And I'm so grateful for everything that I have and the family that I have. 
when I was in college, my brother passed away. And then my dad went back to trying to find a job and watching him struggle to get a job after being out of work for 13 years was another lesson, just seeing how he was willing to do these jobs where he was a security guard at one of the local museum and gardens at Huntington Library. He was, he did the census one of the years, walking around and knocking on people's doors and just seeing this guy that I have looked up to my whole life, having to not downgrade himself, but kind of like take whatever he could get. Exactly. And, and he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. So seeing him go through that, doing it with so much dignity was definitely another lesson. So he eventually passed away because he got kidney cancer. And that's a whole other thing that I'm still dealing with, even almost 10 years later. I mean, all of those things have shaped me. And since day one, my parents were always encouraging me to get through the thick of things and really just make yourself happy. Wonderful. Not everybody has such an amazing and authentic support system as you had growing up. Despite all of the struggles that your family went through together, they always had that perspective to encourage and uplift each other. And that in itself is just something that you want to preserve and keep that legacy living on, essentially, that your dad has created for you, which is so beautiful that you have those reminders and those notes that do help that continue on today and are constant reminders for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I'm very grateful for my dad wrote me those notes every day. And he also wrote me journals from when I was born. He just started writing, talking about how it was growing and he like, saw this creativity in me and all this stuff. So it's really great to like have that piece of him still. That's awesome. I went through losing both my grandmothers to different forms of cancer when I was seven and when I was 15. And I don't know, I think there's something about losing somebody that you love so closely and who was always very encouraging like your dad was to you that really, like you said, shapes and changes who you are because you have to grow up really quickly. Also, I think it helps you really realize that don't take anything for granted. Make the most of your time here doing what you love. And so I'm grateful for that lesson, even though those were really hard times to go through at such a young age that you also had to, you know, experience yourself. Yep, exactly. So tell everybody a little bit about, you know, what your career path originally looked like and how and when that really changed and shifted for you. I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo with you. And back then my major was called graphic communication and I was in the design concentration. I mean, honestly, like I applied as early decision or whatever it is where you like say, if you guys want me, I'll, I'm for sure. Yes. <laughs> I had to like pick this major from like on the internet with this little two sentence long blurb, which is like so silly at age 18, having to choose this path for the next four years. So I did that and I loved my major, but also like I probably would have done something different if I had waited a little longer to decide on that. But kind of looking back on it, they probably have some sort of major or some sort of concentration for what I'm doing now, like social media or whatever. It's probably in that department. I mean, back then we learned how to run printing presses and <laughs> all of the technical things. Yes. <laughs> which is so sad to think about, but that's probably not very common anymore. A dead art. I did the letterpress class. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. 
yeah, from there, I graduated. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Once I got home, I started working at Starbucks. I got a job at the hospital my mom works at for their blood donation center. I did some of their advertising. After that, I got a job nannying with a family who I nannied for for a couple years straight, which is awesome. I love them so much. And one of the girls was five months old when I started watching her. And that was, it was an opportunity because she was, (laughs) she slept most of the time and I was holding her. So I was, you know, I'd be scrolling through Instagram killing time. And that's where I decided to start this food Instagram because I saw all these food focused Instagrams popping up. Before that, I had one that it was my personal one, but I did more fashion. I had a YouTube channel where I did tutorials and DIYs and whatever I felt like showing you I love creating always. And so from there, this was back in 2015, I started the Miss Foodie Problems Instagram. I just posted some photos that I already had on my phone. So I had enough photos to like, look like an actual profile, and then just started networking with people and growing my following. And once I got to 10,000 followers, I got invited to eat at restaurants and events and met this group of people that were doing the same thing at the same time. And that was really cool. It's really changed since then, though. I hardly see those people anymore. I actually saw them recently at a, it was really cool, like full circle. We got invited to this event with Instagram. It was like a brunch and all of us were there, which was kind of cool. From there, I got my first paid brand partnership. And from that, I got a job at a PR company that was doing the brand partnerships and all of the advertisement for that brand. So basically, I got hired on as their social media manager and started helping them out with that brand that I had the brand partnership. From there, I did that for about a year and then morphed into doing their influencer partnerships for about a year. That was really cool because I got to learn all the back end of everything and really got my skill of negotiating and all of that, which was very valuable now that I'm doing everything on my own. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Those are not easy, easy tools to learn in your toolbox. Exactly. So now I'm doing my own thing and I also have some clients that I do social media for. That's where I'm at now. (laughs) And then as a result, you've been traveling a lot. You're constantly taking trips and able to do and balance all of these things for yourself and the brands that you're partnering with as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I was going through the questions you sent me in advance and one of them was asking me about what's the one thing that is most valuable about where I am now? And it's really the flexibility of schedule and being able to make my own schedule and not have to have the anxiety of requesting days off work from a company that I'm working for. And now I can just, you know, plan it on myself and actually get paid to do it, which is so wonderful and so cool. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I think the question I I might have asked you was, um, what do you enjoy or love most about what you do, the community you've created and your lifestyle? Yeah. And one of them was the freedom and flexibility of schedule. And then I also was thinking about how as much as Instagram can be frustrating at times, I'm so grateful for it because I have built a community where we're like like minded and I have like a built in travel buddy slash someone to go eat at a restaurant all the time. You know, I have all these friends who love the same things and 
I can text about brand partnerships and ask them, what do you think I should get paid for this? Or all the things that we're going through that you can feel super alone. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I have people that I can actually talk to about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that kind of made me think of another question is, you know, how have you or have you found that you've had mentors in this space, especially when you were getting started and getting to those 10,000 followers? Did you reach out and build a lot of connections to really help you self-learn and self-actualize this for yourself? Or what was your process in getting there? Honestly, like at the beginning, I did not reach out to anyone. I feel like there were food bloggers, more of the blog people already, but I kind of came up when the food Instagram thing was just starting. And, you know, there were there were some people before, but they were kind of doing it in a different way. I would say blogs and the food writers and all that, obviously they were established. But what I was doing is different than any of that. But now that I'm at a point where, you know, I have the Instagram and I do my blog and I'm traveling I've kind of come to this point where I want to do more and I want to write a cookbook. I have reached out to friends who have written cookbooks and sat down with them. And that's definitely the time where I'm like, okay, I can't do this one alone. <laughs> I need all of the tip for this. That's It's actually something I need to work on is asking for help. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's not easy. I'm the same way. I will be the type of person that just kind of like, no, I'll power through it. I'll learn as I go. I'll teach myself and ask it when I'm like desperate for help. Right. It's not always the best way to go. There's willing people out there to share knowledge these days. It's not always a, a lack or protective mentality, which is so great, especially how online everything is nowadays. I don't think it really is authentic when people withhold information because everyone's going to do it their own way. Like you said, you gave the food blogging your own flair. You were doing it different than other people previously were. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not authentic if you're not putting your own stamp and your own life experience behind it. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. But I've also heard that writing books is like one of the biggest undertakings you can take on. Oh, yeah. And it can be a love-hate relationship. And so I think asking for help is huge, especially when it's such a new arena. But for all of you guys who don't follow Corey, you need to go follow her at Miss Foodie Problems. She is constantly not only eating at restaurants, but she's also creating her own recipes like that olive oil cake that you posted was so good. Oh, I'm so glad you made it. I cannot wait for this to be released one day for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've always loved baking. It's kind of my therapy in the kitchen. For me, cooking was a little bit more intimidating, I think, because it's something where you can tweak it and all that. I love reading the baking directions and getting exactly what it's what's supposed to happen by reading directions. In the last like I'd say six months to a year, I've just I've actually been experimenting more cooking and getting more confident cooking. And it's really been a whole learning experience for me, but I love it. So yeah. I mean and I feel like people who don't cook, I just don't It's not that I didn't cook before, but I'm more confident in experimenting and trying new things. I just wish those people who are afraid to cook, just do it, you know, just find a recipe. It doesn't have to be something complicated. There's recipes with five ingredients and it's going to be delicious. And I think it just takes a lot of patience and actually reading the directions. And one of the the pro tips that my mom always reminds me of, because I don't usually do it, is read the whole recipe 
before you get started because you'll probably get something where you're like, oh, crap. And there it's on that. <laughs> Read the whole recipe. It's the big picture overview. At least know what needs to come next so you're not frantically burning something while you're chopping up garlic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The timing thing for me is the hardest part of cooking is the timing. Timing everything so it's actually all warm. Oh, hot meal. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> so I look at my aunt who hosts Thanksgiving 40 to 50 people and I don't know how she gets everything out at the same time. I think it's magic. Yeah. I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm trying. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. We will definitely be keeping an eye out for that cookbook in the coming months or year. Probably years. I heard so I went to a, a cookbook panel and apparently it takes like at least two years from start to finish to like get it all done. So you know, it'll be a while. So I'm curious to hear what are some struggles that you've encountered in your journey towards location independence in your work and lifestyle and how did you overcome those struggles and learn from them in the process? I think the biggest overall struggle for me was not knowing what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And I mean, I still have those moments. My career is so, I do so much, but it's still so up in the air a lot of the time because freelance work is so uncertain at times. But I think getting focused on the things that make me happy in the moment and really, really doing that has been really important. And also supplementing that with other things that don't necessarily have to do with your career. Like I, so I have been cleaning my, I cleaned my office out at my house and I've just been, I finally finished it yesterday. It was the hugest undertaking that I have ever done. It was this thing that has been on my shoulders for years since my dad passed away. Cause a lot of it was his stuff through that. I have started sewing again and the amount of joy that that has brought me is so cool. I'm like obsessed with it again, you know, and finding those little things that you can supplement your, your moments, Mm -hmm. take a break from your work. If you're a little stressed, go do something that, you know, for sure will bring you joy. So that's been really cool. And I'm trying to remember like exactly what you asked me because I went on a tangent. <laughs> just some of the struggles you've encountered in your journey to at least where you are now and how you overcame them. But I think what you said plays yeah. really well into a blog post, but it was all about how to find inspiration in the struggle because I don't know about you, but I went to school for graphic design too. I've always been that creative kid that, you know, was finger painting or creating these detailed, perfectly aligned collages. And then I started doing graphic design for someone else. And in San Space where there really weren't any design agencies. So I had to just shift into the startup space and get into marketing and design. But when I was having to design on demand, it was such a different feeling than designing because I was in the mood to do it. So I think when you're forcing yourself to do or create something and you're just hitting that mental block or barrier, step away and do something that you just said you feel happy when you're doing it and you know it's going to bring you joy because forcing it to just move and be created is never going to help you produce something good or that you're proud of or the the finished piece won't be something that you look on adoringly because it was such a trudging uphill battle. And so I love that you just brought that in and gave your examples of knitting or baking. And so that's so important. It's not just doing the thing all the time. It's knowing when to step away and to practice that self-care. Yeah. Definitely. And I think being both of us being in a creative 
area, creativity is so like touch and go. Like there's times when you just don't feel inspired at all. And there's also times when there's a deadline and you have anything kind of finding, even if it's for like five, 10 minutes and stepping away from something and go meditate or go, you know, sew or go for a walk. Those times are so important. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to design your lifestyle, you're like how I see it is I'm not trying to create a job for myself. I've had enough of those. It's more that I'm creating a lifestyle that I enjoy and that you can, you have the freedom now in this area or this period of your life to be picky and to be your own boss, but also allow yourself to step away when needed. Exactly. What are some of the biggest life events or takeaways you've had since immersing yourself in more of the influencer food and travel space? I would say every little step of the way was super exciting. The first time I got to have a free meal, that was obviously like a monumental moment. When I had my first paid brand partnership, and then from there, I mean, those brands weren't necessarily ones I was super excited about. So then like being able to be more choosy about who I'm partnering with. And now actually being paid to travel, which was a big goal last year where I was like, this is something I want to do. And then I got my first paid trip where they paid for it and paid me to shoot content and post to my my Instagram and blog. I mean, those are all kind of just little stepping stones. And this year I get to I'm going to Spain. They're like paying for the whole trip. I'm not getting paid to like post anything, but I'm I'm like, I'm cool. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I get to Spain and I get to my boyfriend's coming from Italy this Thursday and he's going to be here for a couple of months, but he gets to come with me to Spain, which is really cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I think the other thing is being able to give back to my mom and bringing her on some really cool experiences. One of the most memorable ones for me was when I was invited to the concert at the Coachella location, but it was desert trip. It was like old people Coachella. <laughs> and I got invited and I got to bring my mom and it was the coolest thing. And she she literally like turned to me. I think Paul McCartney was on or something. I don't remember if it was Paul or Neil Young. <laughs> Love both of them. I actually prefer Neil Diamond. But she turned to me and she was like, this is the second best day of my life after having both my kids and getting married oh. <laughs> or like I guess the third or fourth but you know what I mean this is the top five yes yeah <laughs> that is awesome I love that yeah so being able to do that for someone who has given their life to me yeah pretty cool it is it's my love language is definitely quality time you know sharing those experiences and giving people experiences and better when you can actually do it alongside with them to see the joy and happiness that it brings about especially to someone like your parents that have given you so much your entire life is such a powerful experience to share when i first started the travel business the first dream trip i ever went on was one of the 69 dollar cruises with my mom and Aww. I was able to give it to her for Christmas because it was $69 and I could afford that as a young professional. And we got to go to Mexico for four days and she was just blown away. So I'm not much of a gift receiver, but I love giving gifts yeah. as experiences and being able to tag along and be a part of that to see it. Because what are we going to take with us? We're going to take peak life experiences and memories with us at the end of the day. Exactly. Go out and create as many of those as you can. So true. I don't need the stuff. I want the experiences. <laughs> 
I'm curious to know, just because you have so many words of wisdom and just so many unique experiences that have shaped you personally and professionally, what's the best piece of advice you have for listeners about how to live intentionally and aligned to what you're feeling called to create and put that out into the world? I mean, honestly, I think getting giving yourself the time to really figure out what that is, because I know that can be hard, especially when you have to make a living, you know, and you might have to take a job that you don't necessarily love. And you may not have the time, time in quotations, because you make time if you really want to do something Mm -hmm. to do the things that you love. But I feel like really just sitting down and figuring out what that is that you want your life to look like. I think that's most important, because otherwise, you don't really know what to go towards. Yes. It's true because I know you said earlier too, you picked going to Cal Poly just off some basic you read on the internet. And I just feel like at least our generation is seeing a lot of the effects of just being pigeonholed into a picking a career because it sounded good or we thought it was going to earn money and bring success and all the things that, you know, society tells us we should want. But then we get into it and we're just like, wait, how did I get here? This isn't what I wanted. So I think like you're saying, taking that time to really slow down, especially if you're already in a career, give yourself time, even a few hours a week to really explore the different possibilities for yourself. Exactly. And if you're in a career that pays you a ton of money, but you're not happy, maybe reevaluate that. But also if you're in a career that you really enjoy, but isn't necessarily like your dream career or whatever, that's fine. Like you don't have to be following your dreams in your career, just make time for those other things, you know, when you can. Something that I've taken away from following my dreams and making it my career, but also seeing that that's not necessarily what people have to do to be happy. But I think that it's probably hard for other people to see, you know, you and I taking this road Mm -hmm. and been in a corporate job for X amount of years And they may look at us and think, oh, shoot, like, am I doing this wrong? Like, do I have to be like pursuing my dreams as a career? I think it is very trendy to do that right now. I don't know if trendy is the right word. There's a movement going on for sure. I'm glad that there's that movement. But also, I I hope that there is not pressure on people who that's not meant for. Yeah, I have been reading a lot of different marketing books recently. There's a marketing guru that he was saying how following your passion is BS, essentially, because it puts unnecessary pressure on people to figure that out and then just do it, regardless of whatever the consequences are to get there. And I feel like that can create a lot of anxiety and self-doubt. Yeah. For you and I, it wasn't something that happened overnight. It's something that I personally had to fail at a lot of jobs, graduating at the peak of the recession and being that lowest person on the totem pole and just getting that layoff notice over and over again again, being like, wait, why am I doing this? There's got to be a better way. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy this to begin with. And I hope there's not too much pressure on people. You know, I know society and social media puts that out on us. But just hearing stories like ours that bring more awareness to this wasn't something that happened overnight. It wasn't born knowing I had to do this because what we're doing right now really didn't have exist when we were born. Exactly. You stay aligned to yourself. You keep asking yourself questions, trying new things outside of your career, outside of your job, and seeing what resonates with you and then figuring out how to make a path on that, whether it's just a hobby that you want to try and really get really good at or something you maybe want to do a shift in. It doesn't always have to be the career. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think that's something important to remember. As we wrap up, I wanted to know a little bit more. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self a piece of advice, what would that be? What would that sound like? Oh, boy. 18-year-old self. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would definitely wish that I had more confidence back then and and not date the assholes that I did. But, you know, I learned a lot from them, (laughs) or at least those situations. And really, honestly, that sitting down and figuring out what brought me joy or brings me joy and what I want to do. But also when I was 18, I really didn't get, I mean, I could have done that, but I didn't have the chance to take a break between high school and college because, you know, back then it was a rule that we had to just go straight into college, basically. I mean, obviously not, but I wish that I had maybe taken even like six months and then gone into school. And I think that's something that I want to give my kids the chance to, if I have kids, the chance to really figure that out because I feel like the frustration that that ensues when you don't have that time is worse than you know just going straight into it and honestly I'm glad I went to college but I'm glad that there's also kind of a movement of people not necessarily making their kids go to college or at least not right away yes yeah I think that was my biggest frustration while I was in college because they almost make it impossible to change majors. And I also didn't know what I would change it to at the time. So really just digging deep and figuring out what path I wanted to take. Yeah, I completely agree because I felt the same pressure as you did. I mean, I went to a junior college and was able to transfer. But you know, those two years, because you're still doing all the things you're studying, you're (laughs) trying to focus on getting good grades and really nothing else wasn't a period of self discovery. Like you said, even taking six months to really slow down. And I just feel like whether or not you know, our generation is going to impart that on their kids or what might happen. But I love that there's more consciousness around what maybe we went through an experience doesn't have to be perpetually taught and handed down as this is what it looks like for you. And yeah, you know, I love that there's a shift in trying new things and creating alternatives. But I feel like you said just giving future generations the freedom to explore, not go totally off the bandwagon, but at least just try to slow down because I feel like we're in this hurry up mode all the time. We forget to do self care, we forget to ask ourselves if we're happy or what makes us happy and explore more of ourselves because we're always changing too. So true. (laughs) To change. Yeah. Exactly. It really actually ties in well because I always like to ask people, we're told what success means traditionally. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job, having the house, the car and all this stuff. I love that there also is a shift in the definition of success that people are choosing for themselves. And for me, at least success is having the freedom and flexibility to be fully present and fulfilled in every aspect of my daily life, wherever I am or whatever I'm doing. And so I would love to hear from you what success means for you. Yeah, I think that one of my biggest anxieties, like since being a kid has been money Mm -hmm. and still is. I mean, I still have to like try to not think about it so often, but I know that stems from my parents had a lot of anxiety over money as I was growing up. And I mean, obviously financial stability is a form of success. And that brings you the the ability to have 
more experiences and to be more comfortable and be able to do things that you want to do, but also that you're always going to want more no matter where you are in life, even pertaining to things that aren't money. So I want to get to a place where I don't have to think about money as much. You know, I'm slowly getting there, but I'm working on my relationship with money. And that's one of the most important things. And then I would say really being present is what life is all about, right? But <laughs> but how often are we actually truly present? I try I have been trying to think about that when I'm out to dinner or on trips and really thinking about like I'm here right now with whoever I'm eating this and can't remember who told me this. But anyways, if you can sit in those experiences and think of all of the five senses and think of something you smell, something you hear, something you taste, something you see. What's the third one? Something you feel. Feel, yes. <laughs> I was like, what did I what did I miss? Then that will bring you back to present. So I am trying to do that more often. And yeah, I mean, honestly, really being present and being able to do those things that really bring you joy with having less stress in your life, which I'm still working on. <laughs> Yeah, anxiety, I think is so prevalent this day and age. And I don't know if it's because we're like constantly on our phones, and we are seeing all of these people we could be comparing ourselves to. And I don't I mean, I think there's a lot of components. And also, there's a lot of focus on anxiety and stress and all that stuff. People talk about it a lot. So that probably creates more I'm really trying to work through all of those things and which I haven't done very well on recently because I used to do yoga every morning. I need to get back into that. That so helps me too. Yeah, but it's like once you're on this path of doing it every single day and then you stop one day, it's like the end of the world. Like, <laughs> And then there's more anxiety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, you know, need to check in and get back on track with that. So yeah, at least, you know, working from home and working for yourself, managing my time and how much I'm actually working can be a place of creating anxiety for me. So I've had to really create healthier boundaries around the time I'm actually working and the time I need to get myself up to the gym or on a hike or even taking the dog out to go on a walk or just make lunch even and remembering to do those little daily things that you're supposed to do just to take care of yourself and have some anxiety around just shifting that but then once you like you said start doing it regularly when you get away from it yeah it, it crumbles yeah <laughs> because it felt so good to have that balance and for me starting the morning with yoga or a meditation is so key and just lowering my anxiety and helping me slow down and be more present as I go through my day totally I if I can do it right out of bed, I'm good. But if I start thinking of all the things that I need to get done, it's not going to happen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I've been trying to do is write, like sit down before I go to sleep and write down all the things that I do want to get done the next day so that they're all down. And then it's not something that my brain is first thinking about in the morning. Yeah, it's already established and I don't need to worry about it. 
no, it's huge. And then you're not thinking about having to open a note app on your phone and look at the computer or the screen right before bed to just the physical act of writing it down. And there's something calming and satisfying about crossing it off the list oh, yeah. the next day and having that tactile experience too. So emptying your brain at night is huge. And you know, I usually end it with a meditation before going to sleep too, because that helps slow things down. We're all so in the comparison game scrolling. And even I know you go out to eat all the time. The number of couples and, or friends who are at a table and just just looking at their phone and not even engaging with each other. I'm just, yep. what's the point of even coming out to dinner? <laughs> Very expensive night out on your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically by yourself. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I can't stand that. It's I so can't bad. either. <laughs> I loved our conversation and always love chatting with you because you bring just such warmth and authenticity. And I just appreciate you showing up fully and sharing the amazing relationship you had with your parents and your father and how he has continued to positively influence you to this day and shape your mindset of how you're choosing to live your life to really live in the moment and embrace your creativity and the natural gifts that you bring to the table. So that's very inspiring to hear and show again that you can create a lifestyle that aligns with what you want to do and how you want to live it. It is possible. It's not mandatory to change and shift your career. But as long as you're peppering in those passions to your daily life, that can be fulfilling in itself and help you live and stay in the moment. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you so much for having me on here. This was so fun. Before we go, where can people find you? Yeah. So I have my website, missfoodieproblems.com has everything linked out on there. Or you could just check me out on Instagram at missfoodieproblems. It's M-I-S-S and then foodieproblems. Awesome. Yeah, she's always posting amazing places she's traveling, the food she's eating. I mean, every time I look at your feed, it's because it makes me hungry and want to <laughs> food and it. eat out and, you know, have the whole experience. Yes. Thank you so much again for coming onto the podcast. And it was such a pleasure chatting with you. I hope you will be a recurring guest as we continue to celebrate the release of your cookbooks in the coming years. I'm totally down. <laughs> Thanks so much, Corey. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unapologetically Alive podcast. Did you enjoy this show? If so, subscribe and share it with your friends and leave a review on iTunes. For more great resources to help you start living more boldly that Tonya only shares an email, head over to tonyanolan.com and subscribe for email updates. Until next time, be bold, break the mold, and keep on being unapologetically you.